Hey everyone, and welcome back to Practically Zero Waste, a podcast for making zero waste living as practical as possible. Does the word minimalism bring up visions of white-walled interiors, stark, cold, austere, and severe? Well, hold up, let's start again. Today I chatted with the minimalista mom about minimizing the clutter so we can focus on what's actually important. Ready to find space for what matters? Let's get to it. you are doing this with a newborn <laughs> slash same with I'm like, oh my God. Thank you. That is like, wow, I'm impressed. I could barely function. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it feels like I can barely function, but you know, it's also nice to have something creative to do at the same time. So yeah, uh, I totally get that. Trying to keep it up. Cool. Let's, let's do this. What is minimalism and what is your minimalist philosophy? Gosh, I feel like that is such a broad question. (laughs) And I think that everyone wears minimalism differently. Yeah. For me, it's, I think it's just like focusing on what's important and only keeping things that I find value in or or that bring me joy. So, yeah, it's not about just who owns the least. um, And it's more about why are you keeping that? Yes. You know, and, or why, why is that in your life? Just being a little bit more open to questioning yourself, I think. I love that. And I think that a lot of people look at minimalism as a stark and cold existence where you are <laughs> austere and severe and don't have a lot of things. Why do you yeah. think people think that? <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, that's just a word. It's just like everything can, everyone can make assumptions based on one word. But for me, it's just, it's just a broad term, basically, that you're aware of what you own and what you purchase. And it allowed me to become a more conscious consumer, allowed me to like bring more simplicity to my life and get back to what's important. It's not all about like having a clean home. Cause believe me with two little kids, like <laughs> you can walk into my home at times and you're like, wouldn't believe that a minimalist lives here <laughs> um, <laughs> because you know, they pull everything out, but it's more about just really owning things that you value and mm-hmm. not, not going out and doing what everyone else does just because everyone else does it, you know? Yeah. And so what everyone else does, I'm assuming it's just kind of like buying when you're bored, buying when you're lonely, buying when you think, oh, just in case I might need this, what, uh, what else might fall into that category? Well, I mean, so for me, like I have not always considered myself a minimalist or anything by that means. Like I grew up, I loved shopping. I loved hunting for a deal. Like it was, it used to be like my favorite thing to do. Yeah. And then I had kids and I was just, I was so overwhelmed and I felt like I didn't have a lot of time and I was just always stressed. And for me now moving more as a, a simplistic life, it has brought me so much joy. I feel so much more centered and like I less distracted, like That's more awesome. present. That's wonderful. That feels so refreshing just to hear you talk about it. It has had a lot of positive impacts on my own life and on my my ability to be a better mom. So when you became minimalist or started to declutter and really right. think about everything that you owned, was that you said that was already after you had children? Yeah, um, I remember this like vividly. This was two years ago. So I am. I'm by no means like a veteran. <laughs> it was coming home from my son's third birthday. And my I just had a, my daughter was six months old. And we had all of these presents. Like, we are so lucky to have so many friends and family who, like, want to show their love and appreciation to my son by giving him presents. But I came home and I had this trunk full 
of presence. And I felt mm. like our house was, and we live in a large home. Like I just felt like it was, I, I felt like suffocated. I'm like, I don't wow. know where to put all this stuff. Like, I feel like I'm always stressed. I'm always picking up. I'm, there's stuff everywhere. Like, I, I can't even think straight. What Aww. do I do with all these toys that we don't even need that he's just going to dump out and throw on the floor and I'm going to pick up? Like, it was just like this moment that I, I reached like this limit. And yeah. like, I, I can't do this. I don't, I don't know what to do. So I started with his toys. And I had remembered that my friend, like months previously it's funny how little things stick in your mind yeah but, but I was at our house and like oh she opened her like storage closet and it just looked really neat and tidy and I was like oh wow that looks that looks great like I'm impressed and she was like oh yeah I just read Marie Kondo's book and I was like oh okay and I kind of just filed that in the back of my brain and so when I started to declutter my kids toys I was like oh my gosh I should look into that book that my friend mentioned because she right. yeah yeah and so I started to listen to, I listened to the book on audio. Me too. And I <laughs> because you have steps. children and you're like, how do I, <laughs> yeah, that's how yeah. I read that book too. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I just started to follow her steps to a T on how to declutter. But even then I was, she uses the phrase discard it and it just didn't sit well with me even yeah. then. Like, and I, I wasn't on the low way, zero ways train at that point. And I just didn't sit well. So I'm like, I'm just going to replace that with, I'm going to let go of these items. Mm -hmm. So I started to, you know, donate them or rehome them or sell them. And once I, you know, I finished her book, I moved on to other books on minimalism. And it just kind of was like a snowball effect from there. But (laughs) well, like, what's the sensation like to begin decluttering and minimizing? Where does that come from? Well, for me, it was like, I felt this like energetic buzzing. I was like, Once you are confronted with the amount of things that you own, at least for me, I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I I cannot believe that I have purchased all of these, that we own all of these. Like there is no way I could ever wear all the clothes in my closet. There is no way my kids could ever play with all of these toys. Like, whoa, it's like, yes, it's like you're confronted with your consumerism. Like you're confronted with your purchases and you're just like, oh, wow, I need to change something. This isn't right. This doesn't feel good. So, okay, so you started to let go of things and transition to minimalism. How was it with your family? Like, that was just your sensation and your perspective on life. What was your family? How did they take it? I have a wonderful husband who's super supportive, and I feel like he's a minimalist at heart. Like, he doesn't Mm -hmm. like to shop. He only, you know, owns what he needs, and he's just, that's just the way he is. Um, So he was (laughs) just like, yeah, sure, whatever you want. Oh, I like it. It looks neater in here. You know, he was just really supportive. And then, uh, and then my kids, well, my daughter was a baby and she wasn't crawling yet. And my son was in preschool two days a week and he was little. I mean, he was three. So he didn't really notice. What he did notice was when he would come home and like, it would be clear and he'd see some toys he hadn't seen in a while. And I noticed like he started to play a lot more, a lot better, a lot more independently. He was more engaged. Like he stopped dumping everything on the ground. Wow. You know, it was just like, oh, I'm going to play with my trains now. Yeah. Um, so it, it wasn't like I had any kickback from my immediate family. They were all either oblivious or supportive. That's <laughs> wonderful. Know? Yeah. And, and it kids? was it was a, a good time to do it because, like I said, I I could only do it when I wasn't around my preschooler, um, and like the baby wasn't really active yet. So I was able to like declutter, and I would do it in in chunks. 
Yeah. So your son, mm-hmm. you think maybe that he had this sort of sense of being overwhelmed by stuff too. When kids dump toys, is it because there's so much before them that it's hard to decide what to play with? So they just have to kind of dump things and, and sort through it. If they have so many things in front of them, they maybe don't know where to begin. But if they have just one toy. Absolutely. So I used to be, or I, I mean, I still am trained. I'm a speech language pathologist. I've taken a break since having kids. And I mean, I realized this back in the day, I just didn't implement it in my own life as a mom, that the fewer things I would bring into a therapy session, or the fewer things that I would have, the kids would have access to, my patients would have access to, the more productive a session would be, they were able wow. to work. Yeah, to focus more. They weren't like all over the place trying to grab everything and, and not being engaged with the, with me as a speech pathologist. So it was like, I knew this in the back of my head, but then being a mom, you're like, people give you gifts. You feel like you need to keep it. They have birthdays, they have Christmas, all this stuff. It's like, I forgot what I knew. Oh, I got and, chills when you said that. Yeah. yeah. They have and so, so much... there's actually like a study, the University of Toledo in Ohio, where they observed 36 toddlers by inviting them to play in a room for 30 minutes with four toys or 16 toys. And they found that the children were more creative when they had less toys, and they also played with each toy for two times as long. So basically, they suggested that more toys may create more distraction. Yeah. So it's like scientifically proven that like less is more with kids, you know? It's amazing how often a child will gravitate towards the same toy over and over again, even if they are in a room full of lots. Recognizing which ones that they're more drawn to helps declutter too, right? Yeah, absolutely. And like the ones that my kids really play with the most are the open-ended toys. Like Mm. we got Legos secondhand and they love those. Magnetiles like as a gift, Um, wooden blocks. My daughter plays with her baby doll and like pretends to cook for her with dishes you know her her own dishes in the kitchen and I would say ones where they can use their imagination have been ones that have had staying power in our own home but the ones that they get that are like it's like themed from a tv show or something they last like a month and they get bored yeah because it's like they can't play with them in a different way it's very their play is very fixed you know instead of open-ended and and creative. Wouldn't you say that's the same for adults and owning possessions that are multifunctional because they're more open-ended. You can use them for longer and for more things. Yeah. Do you have an example? So you could pick an area of your home. Say you're in the kitchen, you would have utensils and appliances that are not just for one specific use. Like I can only do one thing with this appliance. Help me out here. What's an appliance that only does one thing? Well, like I have a Vitamix and I hate using a food processor. Yeah. It's, uh, I only, I use my Vitamix to make hummus. I use it to make smoothies. I use it to make pancake batter, like multifunctional. It's multifunctional yeah. and it's easy. And, yeah, absolutely. And then- in a wardrobe or something, if you have, not that everyone has to have a more neutral wardrobe, but if you have a single t-shirt that works with so many different outfits versus that one very special shirt that you can only wear in a certain situation, in a certain season, that's not going to get as much use and the t-shirt that's just able to go with lots of different things is going to get more use. Absolutely. I mean, that's why these days I live in like gray t-shirts and jeans or I have like a favorite black dress. Like, I mean, I like to look nice. I'll throw my red heels on with, and a pretty necklace with my black dress, but it's my favorite black dress. I've had it for years. It fits me great. It is durable. And like, that's what I want in my closet. I don't want the thing that comes from some fast fashion store that, 
I wash once and it falls apart or it's like a print that suddenly is quote unquote out of style. Like I want things that I know that I love that fit great. Timeless. Yes. That are timeless. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. And the same could be said for children's toys. The same could be said for different things that you have in, you know, kitchen. You know, yeah, what well, I mean? like we have white dishes and I mean, you could have all kinds of color dishes if that's your thing. But I feel like our white dishes, like we can use them for a really elegant dinner. Or we can use them for our nightly family dinners or for breakfast. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're just our dishes. I don't mm-hmm. need really fancy like printed ones that I use on this occasion and these on this occasion. For me, the less I have, the more simple it is the less I have to worry about it. Like, yeah. I, less I have to waste my energy, my mental energy thinking about it. There's so many other things I'd rather be thinking about than, oh my gosh, what do I use now? What of the many things that I own do I use? Like, I'd rather just not have to think about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then you don't have to dig through all the clutter. You don't have to dump out the big bucket of toys to find the one thing that you're looking for because anything might do. You could use that utensil. You could use that appliance for so many different things and you don't have to push past everything else to find it. Exactly. It's time saving to own less. You have less to maintain, you know, less to organize, less to clean. Yeah. If I may quote my father here, he always always has said that the more you have the more you have to look after and so I think he's going to get a chuckle when I put this podcast up and quote him in that but for real yeah I mean your dad is really wise like as soon as you realize that more doesn't mean more more means more obligation I want less like I don't need more whatever three vacation homes like then you have to maintain all those Mm -hmm. different spaces you know all those people who collect cars like they have to maintain all of them like that's so much time and energy now on the flip side if that really brings you joy and that's your passion I think that that's something else that we're talking about you know yeah but if it's just stuff and if it was sitting in a storage locker for two years and you wouldn't remember what's in that storage locker it's a sign you don't need it if you don't know that you own it you don't need to own it (laughs) I'm just sitting in this one room in my house and thinking Huh, how much stuff in this house or in this room even do I not know that I own? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's I found that. So when I was decluttering, I was like, oh my gosh, I've had this XYZ like forever. Like, why am I holding on to this? Like I had textbooks from undergrad. I'm yep. like Yep, just okay. got rid of those. First this of all, year. everything is online. Second of all, I'm never going to open this. Like, why, <laughs> never, ever. <laughs> why am I holding on to this? It's yeah. just taking up space and collecting dust. So, how do you get rid of the things that are in your home for that just in case moment or the what if someday moment? How do you get rid of those things? Like crafts, well, supplies, I mean, it... <laughs> things like that. You're just kind of like, oh, I can't throw this out. I'm going to save it for. I think. The thing to think about is, and this is like a broad generalization, but what is the worst case scenario? What is the worst Mm. thing that could happen if you got rid of that? Yeah. Nine times out of 10, it really isn't that bad. Yeah. And, and so if you, if you are keeping something just in case, odds are you can probably let go of it, Mm -hmm. you know, unless it's like just in case of like, you have like an emergency supply kit. Okay. Well, that's your fire extinguisher. You can keep your fire extinguisher because that's a just in case. (laughs) Exactly. But if it's a Halloween costume that you wore six years ago (laughs) and you're holding onto it just in case one of your kids will wear it it when they're older, you're like, okay, I mean, (laughs) well, donate that. Maybe someone will wear that this Halloween. I had heard someone say that they use Craigslist or Kijiji as their storage locker. So when they're done with it, they sell it. And if they need something like that again, then they look on the secondhand site to buy a new one. 
Yeah, and I, like I love that, that you yeah, that you put the second hand in there because it was it was once I mean I'm moving on to zero waste, but it was mm-hmm. once I connected minimalism and then the low waste movement that yeah. it all made sense to me because yeah. of minimalism, like <laughs> if you're just a minimalist, you can be a very active consumer. You just keep the things that you love and you might want to hold on to something because, oh my gosh, I spent a lot of money on this. But Ooh, when I started yeah. to transition to purchasing more and more things secondhand, it just has become so much easier to let go of it yes, and I think like, oh, someone else is going to use it. I don't need to hold on to it or feel that guilt of, I spent $100 on this. Like, I don't want to get rid of it. Okay, no, well, first of all, you spent less money. Second of all, it's, like, better for the environment. And and third of all, like, someone else can use it now. And, yeah. it, and it's just, yeah. And so, like, there's um there's a secondhand kid's shop. And, like, I, I was having a conversation with my friend talking about, you know, the possibility of having other kids. And I'm like, like, we should just look at the secondhand kid's shop as, like, our storage locker. Like, you can just buy another bouncer there. You can just buy another, like, set of, of three-month clothing there. Like, it, it's there. And there's Is so that- many things that are swap and trades, too. So you don't even have to do anything to do with money. So if you're done with your bouncer, then you can swap that for a high chair or you can swap that for something else and just do a trading bartering system instead uh, with other people. You don't have to always be spending money or putting value on it. Yeah. And that's on my want to do list is to do like a clothing swap or a kid's clothing swap. That sounds like so much fun. I know. Yeah. I mean, they grow so fast. I know. So so it sounds like something that seems like it would be very valuable to everyone who came. Yeah, absolutely. I think that a low waste or zero waste lifestyle and minimalism suit each other just fine (laughs) they really do and I wouldn't I wouldn't have stumbled upon the low waste way of living if I hadn't decluttered like it was one had to come before the other and it's not that way for everyone but that was my journey and I had to like get rid of everything that didn't bring value in my life to be able to focus on things that are important you know yeah Yeah. and then you start to question where did this come from and and why am I buying this wrapped in plastic like you know it just it just really opened my eyes yeah clearing out the excess opened my eyes to where everything comes from yeah it allowed you to focus more because there were fewer toys in front of you you could focus on the important things like minimalism it's just really focusing on owning things that bring you value right and questioning why before you buy something yes and i think that zero waste is focusing on where things come from yeah they can go hand in hand they're they're two different things but they really can coexist very nicely together so because you're focusing on what you're bringing into your life what you're consuming with a very mindful way of looking at it when you make a purchase is it kind of a buy me once sort of thing you can either do second hand route or if you are going to buy new Do you make the effort to shop ethically, shop sustainably, shop um, high quality so that you're only buying something once? All of those options, like shopping ethically, uh, sustainable fashion, all that, it seems it's just really overwhelming Mm -hmm. to me. Like there's so many brands and options out there that are wonderful, but I'm just like, oh my God, there's too many options. It's like, it's going to take me forever to research and pick the right thing. So if I can buy it secondhand, it's like, okay. Please do. Please do. Yeah. 
That's exactly what I try to do. I just try to buy things secondhand first. Yes. Um, because I, these things already exist. You're not using new resources to create them. Mm-hmm. So they're more affordable and, and everything that we've already talked about. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So both ways of buying new things are good avenue to take rather than buying something that's new but cheaply made and poorly made and is not built to last is not done ethically so don't go that route that's the the middle (laughs) right yeah no I don't I and it has been a journey and I feel like with every action I'm getting better so I've been on this journey for two years and the first year for me was just focus on like decluttering and owning things that bring me value and Focusing more on experiences than mm-hmm. than new toys. Like we will go on a family trip. We will go to. Um, we're part of this um, kids class drop in. It's called parachute. Cool. Um, so we can drop into a pretend play place or drop into ballet class, and it's just been really fun. Have these new experiences with my kids. I mean, we'll go to the park. We'll just spend a lot of time outside. That's awesome. And, and they love it. And when my when my son, he's almost five. He doesn't really ask me for new toys. He doesn't like. (laughs) You want to know why? It's I. I think it's a number of things. But one of the things it's that we don't really go into stores that often anymore, which has been a big change. Like I said, I used to like when I was younger. I I would go shopping all the time, and and like now we'll go into like the grocery store or Mm -hmm. the you know to to buy food and. And so he understands how all that works, but he's not exposed to all of those like aisles and aisles of toys at Target because we just rarely go. Right. And so when, well, I can remember growing up that we would go to Walmart, Zellers, Target, that sort of thing. And your parent would get all the things that they need in this department store. And, you know, they knew where to find you if you were in the toy aisle which was so handy as far as babysitting goes, because then I could spend 20 minutes just looking at the toys and my mom could get all of her shopping done. But at the same time, then I was at the end of the shopping trip asking for this or can I have this or can I have that? And uh, being upset that I couldn't have that because that's not all we came to the store for. So when when you're not going to department stores then you're not necessarily exposing them to wanting all these toys. And another reason I think that he doesn't ask for that many toys is that he doesn't watch a lot of TV, especially mm-hmm. a lot of commercials. Mm-hmm. Like when he does, it's probably like a Netflix show or a movie so that he isn't exposed to all that marketing that's aimed at kids. Like you need this, you need that. and Yeah. It's something like a couple billion dollars annually that is spent on children's marketing, like marketing wow. right at children, which is that's insane. insane. I mean, they don't, they, they don't know any better and they're no. just going to be like, yeah, I need that. You yeah. know, like it's, so yeah. if you, I mean, if you can kind of remove that piece of the puzzle, yeah. if you can remove that from their lives and, and not have them exposed to it uh, when they're little, I, I think it makes it a lot easier. And so now when I ask him, his, his five-year-old birthday is coming up and, it, and his grandparents says, so what do you want for your birthday? And he's like, I want eight cupcakes and I want mommy to make me a cake and we, I want to go to the park. Like, oh my gosh. It's, it's like so sweet. And he's like, I want to invite my friends. And he rattles off his friends' names. And like not once does he mention, like, I want this new toy. You know, oh, it's just, wow. it's just really, it's really sweet. Like, I feel like it, I, I feel like by doing this, by limiting this, I'm, I'm giving him the gift of, from both of my kids, my daughter is, my younger one is too. So she's, 
she's getting the she's becoming more verbal yeah um but she's not she's not asking for stuff yet anyway so exactly yeah I feel like I'm giving them a gift of of simplicity oh, of wow. like a more carefree childhood you know they can just yeah. go outside and play and and make mud pies and climb trees. And it warms my heart to know that this journey is helping them have happier childhoods. Oh, totally. So I'm sure you face this similar problem that other minimalists experience, but other people giving gifts to you, to your children, bringing things into your home. What's that like? Negative, positive, any sort of feedback? I think you just have to live by example. And know that the first time around, people aren't going to take you seriously, you know, when you're like, oh, no, we don't want presents. Like, they're going to feel like they still need to bring a present. So a good thing to do is to create a list of things of, that they need or things that a class that they want to take, you know, or mm. uh, my son is in swimming, like he needs new goggles. The things that are like that are needs yeah. that you, you need to get regardless and so that they feel like they can still give them something or provide them with you know they they really want to go to the zoo like maybe you can have a special day with your grandkids and take them to the zoo that's awesome um, yeah. so I, I think it's just it's just living by example and giving other people grace and and saying thank you yeah I, so like if someone gives you a gift and you know you, you don't you know you don't want it and you know you don't need it say thank you and and appreciate it and just and know that once the gift is given it served its purpose, so it's okay. Uh, like you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it served its purpose, and you can do with it what you want. No, I, I mean, Marie, she was the one who started my journey. I am going to her seminar in mm. March to start the process of becoming a certified Kimari consultant so that I can help others in their simplicity journey. That's a journey. thing? That's cool. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited, and I hope to... It, this future venture, I hope to um, implement and incorporate low-waste routines, and I hope to teach that to other people when I help them simplify it. They're interested. Thank you. That is really exciting because when you I, said let it go instead of discard, I was like, yes, that is what we need. We don't want people just to fill garbage bags and add that to the landfill. Absolutely. I see that, and it like my, my stomach just hurts. Yes. Like, that's not what this is about. No. It's about clearing away so you can focus on what's important. But then you also need to fo- you need to think about how you are clearing these things away. Like, they're not, they're, they're not trash. The majority mm. of things aren't trash. The majority of things, like, you can donate, you can rehome, you, you can, can sell. sell. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've become in the habit of, of selling things this past year yeah. um, on, like, different resale apps and I was just looking at a balance I'm like oh my gosh I made $350 just selling like old kids clothes that's so, amazing yeah and and so then I and I can use that to purchase them in, in the next size so there's just a lot of avenues like I said donating and reselling and everything that you can use when you are decluttering and you, you don't necessarily need to go out and purchase new things to replace everything that you decluttered like that's not what this is about exactly it's not about buying new things it's about making space. And I think too, that when people do something dramatic, I know that's part of the KonMari method is to declutter all at once so that you have a clean space and you can start fresh. But if people have a habit or a lifestyle of bringing things into their homes mindlessly, then to just declutter all in one go doesn't break them of that habit. 
I feel like people have to go through the process of finding a home for each of their things so that they can learn to consume less before they're suddenly in an empty house and feel the need to fill it back up again. Yeah, I think that something that, that I tell people is that when you are decluttering, one really important piece is to halt your purchases. Like, don't buy yes. anything new yeah. that you really don't need. Like, of course, yes, you need food and you know, something paper. will come up. But yeah. <laughs> but really try to halt your purchases and yeah. then you can, you can really see what you have. Because when you start to bring in stuff while you're decluttering, it just gets really confusing. Yes. Uh, so that would be definitely be one piece of advice if anyone listening is starting their decluttering journey or want to start declutter, but don't buy anything new yeah. until you're done, until you can really, and you get to see if there's like holes in your closet, like, oh, I really wear the jeans a lot and I only have two pair or I only have one pair and, you know, and, and really be mindful about what you need. Don't just fill it up because it's an empty space. Like we have lots of cabinets and things in our home that are empty and I love it. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I love having empty space. I love it. I'm like, okay. Um, uh, it's like, it like, <laughs> yeah, I like, it makes me feel like, ah, calm. But, that's um, nice. Yeah. But that's just me. <laughs> well, like I find that I really like a full bookshelf. We were going to move cities. And so we had to really decide what's worth bringing with us because like a moving, a moving day is a great time to, Declutter. Declutter, for sure. But we got rid of a full bookcase full of books. And then I realized that I didn't like the look of the back of the bookshelf <laughs> because mm -hmm. suddenly I could see it. So I've tucked whatever, like a little picture here, or I've turned a book so that it's facing out instead of just the spine facing out. And, and I've got less books on my shelf, but it still feels nice and full to me. Like I don't have to have too many books in there, but it's still, so do what you need to do to decorate your home so that it still feels like your space, but yeah. you don't have to have tons and tons of stuff to do it. You can do it tastefully. Yeah. I found that adding plants we're in Ooh, a space where I feel like it's, it's like kind of lacking some yeah. life instead of adding some home decor trinket that is just going to go out of style quickly and then become junk. Like I've just started to add plants really gradually and I love it. Like they bring a smile to my face and they are good for your health. You know, they purify the air there, and um, yeah. it's it, been a, a, a fun addition. That's <laughs> nice. You talked a little bit about sharing minimalism with your families, but you started Minimalista Mom. Was that yeah. kind of a way to keep yourself accountable or spread the news? What was your intention there? I started it after the full like year of decluttering when I was starting my zero waste journey. I've been doing the zero waste journey for a year, a little over a year now. Um, it's amazing how much has changed since yeah. I started. Yeah. Like I think my stomach hurts thinking about how much trash we used to create. Oh, I know. Just, <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. But don't feel bad about stuff that happened in the past. Like all you can do is change your habits for the future and yeah. then feel good about what you're doing. Yeah. So I remind myself of that. As far as starting the blog, it was a way for me to connect with other like-minded people. Yes. Like I felt a little bit totally. alone in my journey. I didn't have anyone really to talk to about besides my husband, but I didn't have like other moms to, to talk to about this, especially like the low waste side. Like I'm like, I, I don't know anyone else who does this, but it's like, I started when I started a compost, I was like, Oh my gosh, well, what, what can I, what else can I do? What's next? Yeah. And it was through Instagram that I, I yep. saw the connection of zero waste and minimalism. And, and so I kind of wanted to put what I'm learning out there so that I could 
help others and also learn from others, connect, build relationships. And it just really blew up really fast. I was like, oh my gosh, there's something here. Like what, I don't know what it is, but I love sharing this journey and and connecting with others. And Um, knowing you're not alone in all of this too. Absolutely. Like there are are other people like me, there are other people doing this. Like I'm not like this one weird person. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not the only weirdo. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's been really fun. And it also has helped me like, personally, it's become a passion of mine and a, a great creative outlet, like as yeah, a mom. Totally. Um, and now it, it has led me on a path where I'm like, maybe I, I should jump in into making this a part-time career where I can um, help others do this. That's awesome. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But it's just been a lot of fun to see how it has evolved. It's, a, it's amazing when you can um, connect like a passion and your passion is also in a way giving back to others. Yeah. Know? Yeah, you feel like you're making a difference. Exactly, yeah. Is there anyone inspiring you lately in your minimalism journey? You know, there are so many wonderful people out there doing wonderful things. I love the book Simplicity Parenting. Ooh, I haven't Um, heard of that. Yeah, it's an older book, um, maybe 10 years old, but it really, as far as the parenting piece, I just really connect with it. I, I like the account New Minimalism. They are a company that does... What, what I hope to do, they connected minimalism and low waste and they help people declutter. So those, cool. both of those two right now are the ones that are kind of inspiring me. But there are so many out there. And where can people find you online to learn more, to find your blog? Mainly it's on Minimalista Mom on Instagram. Yeah. Um, I am working more on my website. I took it down and I'm giving it a refresh and soon it will be up and running and I'll connect it to my Instagram page when it is up and running. Perfect. That's great. Well, thanks, Amy. This was so good. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I love talking about this stuff. I know, uh, me too. Hopefully I didn't ramble too much. but <laughs> Oh, please. I'm the queen of rambling. <laughs> going to have to cut <laughs> myself it's, out. <laughs> uh, it's really fun. And it's really fun to connect with like-minded individuals. Totally. Yeah. I love that you're going to try and connect minimalism with zero waste because I think that they just are meant for each other. I agree. Thanks again for listening, everyone. If you want to learn more from Amy, you can find her at minimalistamom.com or on Instagram at minimalistamom. If you liked today's episode, remember to leave a rating or review. I love being able to share these practical tips with more people every day. Find me on Instagram at Elspeth Callahan and go ahead and give minimalism a try. I think everyone could discover a more meaningful life with less. Have a great week, everyone, and talk to you soon.